welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast, where we get the views and opinions of a veteran viewer of horror movies and a virgin viewer of horror movies, and we slide them into history and talk about them. <laughs> I am Cindy. You are... I'm Josh, and you are really refining that opening down Thanks. I, it's been two perfection. years. It's been two years. You'd think I'd get it eventually. This is the changeling edition of so the podcast. It, every <laughs> month we pick a new theme, and this theme uh, for... August it was Josh's choice, so he chose ghost stories, re- retold ghost stories, right? Is uh, that how you'd say it? It's ghost stories with the same plot told very differently. Okay, so last so week we watched... similar in story. We kicked off the month of August talking about Guillermo del Toro's, uh, what he considers his first movie, not Spina Bifida, Devil's Backbone. <laughs> Uh, and that was a heavy movie, and our podcast, I think, was a heavy one talking about a lot of the themes and how it relates to the world today. I am told this week, Changeling is not quite that heavy. It's not a light, fun romp well, by stretch of imagination. Horror um, ghost movie. I don't think it would Most be. of the movies that we're going to watch are going to be a little heavier. I think there's definitely one that's going to be lighter. Um, maybe two, depending on how you look at them. But uh, we're here to talk today about the changeling. The changeling, which I keep referring to as the yearling, and that is not true. Now, this is not the Angelina Jolie changeling movie. Or is it? No. Okay, what, what are we watching? No. This is the Changeling that was released March 28th of 1980. It 1980. is one hour and 47 minutes long. It is directed by Peter Medak. Uh, he's a Hungarian-born film director who, at the age of 18, fled Hungary due to the Soviet invasion. Oh, there you go. And came to America and eventually made a couple movies like this, The Ruling Class, and he's known for also directing... Species 2. So is the Angelina Jolie a remake of this? They just nope. share a title. Okay. Not at all. Gotcha. Not at all the same thing. Yep. Pay attention, gentle listener. Um, yeah. So 1980, I was, if it was March 1980, I was three, four months old, depending on when it came out. Uh, don't have much. Let's see. Jimmy Carter was president. Is that right? Or is this the first year of Reagan? Uh, Carter was still president. Okay. I was uh, yet to be born. Yet to so, be born. So the year 1980, when this movie came out, here's... The state of the world. State of the world. Um, so Chrysler received a $1.5 billion bailout to keep them afloat. Times have certainly changed. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers won their fourth Super Bowl in six years. The Rubik's Cube debuted. The Winter Olympics were held in Lake Placid. Rubik's Cube was huge. Yep. That's the same Olympics where the Miracle Hockey Team happened, where they beat the Americans and beat the Russians. And that's the same Lake Placid that Betty White was feeding a crocodile. Yes. Yes. Okay. Same. Uh, good pull. Thanks. The World Health Organization certified smallpox eradicated. Mount St. Yeah, Helens no. erupted. It's true. Uh, the eruption of Mount St. Helens is what many people credit for. While a whole lot of babies were born in May, nineteen eighty, uh, the boy's father. I uh, was born a few days after. Oh, I think it might have actually been the day after. Anywho, go ahead. The Oppressor Expect is released. CNN is launched. The Summer Olympics were held in Moscow and were boy- boycotted by 82 countries. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Phillies won the World Series. Yes, they did. Ronald Reagan was elected. Mm-hmm. Boo hiss, boo hiss. And, and John Lennon was assassinated. Yes. People that were born that year are Lynn manuel Miranda. Yep. Jason Segal. I don't know. Channing, the same age yep. as Jason Segal. Channing Tatum. 
Okay. Ellie Kemper, mm-hmm. Venus Williams, nice. Macaulay Culkin, cool, and love of my life, Ryan Gosling. Cindy Vol- oh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're all the same age. It's true. I'm a little bit older than them, <laughs> but if we went to school uh, together, we'd all be in the same grade. People that died in 1980: Bon Scott, lead singer of ACDC. Oh wow. Alfred Hitchcock, mm-hmm. Peter Sellers, model and actress Dorothy Stratton. She was in uh, They All Left. Okay. She was murdered by. She was a Playboy playmate, and she was murdered by her ex. I think they were divorced by that time. Ex husband. In a domestic violence situation. Oh, wow. Steve McQueen, mm-hmm. Mae West, and of course, John Lennon. New words of 1980. What? 401k. Yeah. Voicemail. Nice. over. Okay. Yuppie. Fair. That sounds pretty pretty right on if we're going to describe 1980. Yep. So this movie. Uh, like I said, directed by Peter Medak. It is... Written by Diana Maddox and William Gray. It's from a story by Russell Hunter, and it stars. George C. Scott plays John Russell. He was in Patton, Dr. Strangelove. Let's see, Trish Van Devere plays Claire Norman. She's in Where's Papa? The Last Run, also with George C. Scott. This movie stars an actor that I fucking adore. Who? Melvin Douglas. Melvin Douglas. He Senator Carmichael. Is he related to any of the other famous Douglases who are actors you, and actors? You know who he is. Who is you he? You definitely know who is he Kurt, Douglas is. Is he Michael's no. other brother or other Not son related. who died? Not related. Okay. He's Ileana Douglas's grandfather. The oh, actress Ileana A different Douglas. Douglas family. So he started, well, not started, but one of his first movies was Ninotchka with Greta Garbo. And he would go on hmm. to be in Ghost Story and he was being there. Oh, then yeah, I would He's know the him. old guy, the the old guy who, uh, who brings Peter Sellers in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shirley MacLaine's husband. Yeah. Okay, I do know who it's he is. Then. Douglas. Cool. And that would be a cameo for me. Jean Marsh plays Jean Joanna Marsh. Russell. She was in Frenzy and Return to Oz. Nice. And she's in Willow. I love both of those movies. She's Queen Bev Morda in Willow. Got it. So a lot of faces. She's in this movie. A couple bits of trivia before we dive Show me in. the poster. Well, I need to see the poster, too. So give me that trivia, and then give me that poster, boy. What do we got as far as trivia? Pushy pants. I'm very pushy. I'm so, excited to see the changeling, which is not the yearling, which is also not the movie with Angelina Jolie. Martin Scorsese listed this in his 11 scariest movies of all time. He made a list of the 11 scariest movies, and he put this in it. Uh, screenwriters Gray and Maddox spent six months doing research, which included numerous newspaper articles about parapsychology encounters. They read over 700 books mm-hmm. and almost 2,000 case histories of people that reported seeing a ghost okay. to write this movie. Trish Vandeveer and George C. Scott were married at the time they made this movie. It was their eighth film together over an eight-year marriage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a filmy year. Yep. And Alejandro Aminabar. Aminabar. Which we talked about last year because he's the director of The Others with mm-hmm. Nicole Kippen. Stated that this was a big, big influence on his film, The Others. Okay, so. so okay. All right. And I remember you liking that movie a lot. Yeah, I so. sure did. I didn't scream and pass out almost. The you most did pass out. 100%. Okay, so this is The it. Changeling. We have kind of like Salem's Lot writing. Uh, how did you die, Joseph? Did you die in this house? Why do you remain? So there's a cobwebbed, old-timey wicker wheelchair, but its shadow shows a boy in it. I'm going to say this is a movie about a boy named Joseph who was hurt in a wheelchair, 
died violently and now haunts the place. And he's trying, because it's kind of like Guillermo del Toro, I'm trying to tie it in how it would match up last week's. It's about the Spanish Civil War. <laughs> it's about maybe the, the ghost is trying to protect the children because the children are also being abused. It's a parable about fascism. <laughs> <laughs> so the ghost is the good guy? I don't know. Okay, we'll that's what I say. That's that's my opinion. It's about the, a ghost who died because of abuse or a young boy, and he's trying to protect children who now live in the house from abuse okay where can we find this movie i own the blu-ray uh i think it was vinegar syndrome weirdly i think vinegar I syndrome. that is uh it's a company that puts out movies like insane movies but i th- i think it was them that put this out which was super surprising this movie was unavailable on dvd or blu-ray for a very long time and now it is i think it's also you probably can run it on streaming i don't think it's I think it might be on Shutter, or at least it was at one point. We have the Blu-ray. I know Joe Bob Briggs did a running commentary of this movie. Nice. So that I'm pretty sure it. Okay, so it definitely was at one point it. on Shutter. It might still be. Okay. Well, we're off to find it. Join us, won't you? Mind the, the doors. The Changeling. That house is not fit to live in. No one's been able to live in it. It doesn't want people. She said she'd seen a boy. He he was trying to come up through the floor, and he kept staring at her. What is it in that house, Claire? What is it doing? Why is it trying to reach me? Will you communicate with us? Will you speak to us? Welcome back from uh, Breakaway Hit, <laughs> The Changeling. I really like this movie. This was a really good movie. Uh, I enjoy this movie too. Weirdly, this is, um, in the past we always talk on this episode about Pumpkinhead and whatnot. This is a movie that my mom loved. This was actually a movie that I watched a year or so ago with my parents. Uh-huh. And my father had seen it before, but my mom had never seen it. And of course, my mom was like, "It's okay." My mom loved it. She still t- we still talk about it. It was so fun. Yeah, my dad likes it. Um. Okay. So recap the plot. Here we go. A survivor of a horrific family accident. And by horrific family accident, you mean a guy who uses a payphone in the middle of nowhere <laughs> on the side of a mountain watches his family get destroyed by a tote was it a tow truck or a plow i think it was a plow Uh, whatever fun fact the car that hit them was my first car my very first car is a 1980 buick skylark it was you you did it you killed me i may have uh anywho so he was a victim a survivor of a horrific family tragedy rents a haunted house and helps solve another family tragedy that happened in the house sure he moves from New York to Seattle 
Which is actually Which, Vancouver. But the, I mean, like, why did I think it's the a, scenery really didn't make the the scenery. The house was the was the character, like the town that it happened in. They should just made up like Appleville, Jonestown. Well, I mean, I get the thing of wanting it established in a, in a certain place. And I know for a fact, like, I have a really good friend that I'm not going to name drop. That oh, I'm yeah. not going to name drop because I don't want to be that person. But when her husband died, she was like, and I'm moving away from here. Yeah. To start over. So I got the thing of, like, wanting to start all over again. It weirdly mirrors the original plot for Frasier minus the ghost. I think originally the show Frasier... He was, like, supposed to get in a motorcycle accident and have, like, a midlife crisis and lose, like, someone and then move from Boston back to Seattle was the original. He just got a divorce. They're like, yeah, let's just scale that back. We don't need all the... Jesus, Kelsey Grammer, uh, calm down. This movie is... Well, what does IMDb say is, like, how close did I get? Did I forget anything? I think you got the, like, the the majority of of it. I loved... So, fun fact, this was to, a total set. This was something that totally was designed for the film, and it looked so accurate and so detailed. It was so pretty. Oh, you did miss one thing. Okay, well, right, right, go. a small thing. Here we go. So, after the death of his wife and daughter in a car crash, a music professor... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Staying in an old mansion is dragged into a decades-old murder of a child by an inexplicable presence in the mansion's attic. Uh-huh. So, he's a music professor. I did forget about There's that. There's a child's ghost who is like, solve my murder, my name's It Joseph. was very fun to see all the old technology, because they had an old reel-to-reel. Like, this was before even a tape recorder. Uh, so, that was kind of fun. Like, the clunk-clunk-clunk. There's a little ASMR there. I really, really liked this movie. Uh, I get where... Oh, what was the movie we were talking about last week for this? Devil's Backbone? No, 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 no. We talked about this being a big influence on the others. Oh, right, yes. And I totally, after rewatching it, yeah. I'm like, I, I see that. Completely see where Aminabar was like, oh, this I'm going to inspiring. steal bits from this and that. The idea and... of the house being a char- almost like a character mm-hmm. in itself. Uh, I did not scream so loud I passed out in this movie, though. Uh, there was a jump scene, I think, that got me. but Yeah, I like this movie a lot, and I think we'll talk a little bit in a minute about the production design and how incredible it was, but I think I like the house and the others more. Oh, I mean, I mean That whatever. house was insane. So, I, this movie, I see what you're saying about this month. The movies all kind of are in the similar vein, where the ghost is not the bad guy. Um, the ghost, you it, it or I guess everything is not as it seems as well. Uh, does this movie have any kind of crazy political statement where things stand for other things, like Devil's Backbone, or is it more just in I don't general? Think so. I think because we talked a little bit. I think well, was it last week or the week before about monsters as metaphor and ghosts make really good metaphors, and I think that the ghost in this movie stands in for just grief. I don't think there's some political undertone. I think it's just a movie about familial grief, right? That you can... Something fucking awful can happen. He's in New York. He goes as far away as he can in the continental United States. (laughs) Right. And can't escape that grief. And, yeah, because the... The reason that he can hear the ghost so clearly and that it is because 
they have this deep grief connection. Mm-hmm. Sort of, like it's like a portal yeah. to be able to speak to each other, and, I guess. And the, the the way it's set up and, and the way he finds things, like when he finds Joseph's room, I think is one of the coolest parts of the That's movie. That's the ghost. And then the thing with the wheelchair moving around the house is really cool. But I, I honestly think this movie is a movie about How creepy grief. are those old wheelchairs, by the way? I love them. The wicker wheelchairs are always so creepy. I don't think they're creepy because when I see one, I don't think of this movie. What do you think of? Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, I think when of... When they tie Russell to one? I think of 100% at... So I... For as much as I don't like scary movies... I really, really love like abandoned places and stuff like that. So the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, of course, when it would start to be renovated, they had a ton of them. So I guess it's like I'm always, I always tie it back to that place. You know, it's scary. For me, it's always the uh, like in my head seeing Kurt Russell go backwards (laughs) down that like giant (laughs) ramp and take out those two guys and then comically throw it down in the well as he gets off of it. Yeah. Because Kurt Russell does everything amazing. Because he's... <laughs> Welcome back to the Kurt Russell podcast. It's, it's been a, it's been a minute. Podcast. It's been a minute. Ugh. Are there any... So this is about grief. Yeah. Do you, do you think that? Like, yeah. Um, well... Because the, the idea is you have to address it. If you let I it felt linger. kind of, in retrospect, so the the fun twist of the movie... Spoiler alert if you don't want to keep listening. Twist. The fun twist of the movie is that at the turn of the century, a man killed his par- his very sickly natural child Frail. and replaced it with uh, an orphan boy. And at the end, the orphan boy, now a 90-some-year-old man... Um, Melvin Douglas. Yeah, played by Melvin Douglas, kind of comes back to the house to make amends and he ends up dying in that room and there's a big fire. But it's not Homeboy's fault. He doesn't, though. That's like an astro. Oh, that's yeah, the yeah, one that's thing. right. It's like a weird oh, astro projection. Yes. It, he dies the minute He has a that, heart attack, right. but he goes there spectrally. It's not That his part of the movie is a little weird. It's not his fault, though. No, it's not. But... The, well, they're trying to show that the minute the house burned down, that guy dies. Or the minute that yeah. guy dies, the house burned well, down. Well, also... Fun fact, that happened in my family. A ghost led an astral projection of one of your relatives to a house and then burned it down? No. So my my mom's family, three of them grew up in one house, and then they moved to a bigger house, and there was three more. And the house that the the original three or whatever grew up in, one day, you know, just burnt to the ground. And we're talking, like, this is just maybe 10 years ago. The house just burnt to the ground. And they found out later it was the exact same day that my uncle passed away. Huh. And that it was like it was very very similar in like the exact, the timing and everything. It was kind of cool. And that was one of the first things my mom said when during that weird astral thing. It was like, oh yeah, like we got that right away. Although I quickly forgot about it for the podcast. I uh, I lived through a fire, and I'll just go on record as saying fires are fucking awful. Yeah. No one was hurt in this. Yeah. Thankfully. But there was in, in your experience. So since you just mentioned it, let's talk a little bit about the title of the movie and what it means. The changeling. Do you know what a changeling is? No. Tell me. So a changeling is defined as a creature found in usually European folklore. And it's typically described as the offspring of a fairy, troll, elf, or some other legendary creature. Mm-hmm. And they're usually left in secret to replace a human child. 
Oh, right? gotcha. So like a troll will yeah, eat I, I a human child and then leave its own child in its place for humans mm-hmm. to raise it. And so in reverse, you kind of realize what the name of the movie is. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, it's the idea of this man, like, killed his child. Thinking of it this way doesn't make a lot of sense until you find out that the guy who killed the kid wasn't the heir to the fortune. It was his his wife's side. And he would only be able to control the money if the kid was alive. Well, the money went to the kid. And, and, and it would go to charity upon his death upon if he didn't make child, it to 21. Right. Um, and the kid was definitely, health-wise, not going to make it to 21. Right. Very fra- frail, yeah. So he adopted a kid from an orphanage, killed off his own son. They went off to Europe. World War One happened. They didn't come back until Melvin Douglas's character, according to George C. Scott, was like... 18. 18 or yeah. 18. And no one would have recognized him anyway. And then, boom. So, changeling. That's where where it comes from. This movie doesn't really follow the Arkov formula. It's very slow. It's a very slow-paced movie. (laughs) It is, yeah, in that it's very 70s, 80s. That pacing is really slow. It's what the kids would call boring and the olds would call methodical. My mom loved it. Of course she did. It was slow enough that she was, she knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, a little little on the slow pace side, but I, again, I really liked it because even when it was slow, there the house itself was beautiful, and there are these really pretty architectural yeah. elements, which I know now because it's all made of like foam and plaster. You know, it's, um, you know, it's super crazy too about how much we're gushing about this movie. Yeah, it's probably I don't say it might be my least favorite. We're gonna watch this month. That's where yeah. Okay. That's well, the high, that's the high bar. That I got quiet because month. I think we all kind of know that last week's was probably your favorite out of all of them. Maybe unless uh, we're honestly, doing another Gerald Del Toro the month, one. The end, the month ender is so strong that I think watching it this close to Devil's Backbone might, I might. You never know. It could take that place. We'll see. Okay. So uh, the Arkov formula is a. Um, Samuel Ziarkov, producer, created a uh, an acronym based on his name for creating a great exploitation movie. I don't think this fits at all. Action, uh, n- no. There's moments of action where it's not. It's really slow. There's no action. Revolutionary. I liked the. Tw- I mean, it was kind of a cool twist idea. It, it, it's. I don't know how it fits in. If it's revolutionary, is not in that. super revolutionary in the fact that a lot of it's plotting and twists are straight out of like gothic movies of yeah. the past and gothic They're novels almost tropes um this story itself is supposedly based on a real story too ooh. So, ooh. uh killing there is one there's a killing um, but it's not really shown oratory the dies at the beginning yeah um, oh gosh yeah oratory not really. I mean, uh, some lines. I remember nothing. more the ball bouncing down the like the stairs, like that more than anything. Uh, fantasy, nah, fornication. I mean, nah. I think fantasy, one hundred percent. It's a ghost movie. Oh, okay. And there are ghosts. in that sense, but and then fornication, not at all. So this isn't an exploitation movie. This is more of a chiller thriller, like you said, a, go- a gothic novel. Gothic this is movie. more in the vein of something to equate it with a modern movie. The Devil's Backbone. I was going to say more like it's a slower... I think it's more in the vein... The Others. ...of like The Others or Crimson Peak. Okay. And, and yeah. I know that there are a lot of people out there who hate those types of movies. And there are some people who love it. So, so if like you're the type of person who 
if you went in and watched Crimson Peak and you're like, this movie is fucking dumb. This it's movie isn't for you. not for you. Do we have any cool trivia with this movie? Yeah, there's a few things. What we got? Um, like I said, this is supposedly based on a real event, which took place in the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion in Denver, Colorado. The events occurred to writer Russell Hunter while he was living there in the 1960s. The Chessman, or Cheeseman, I forget how they say it, park neighborhood in the movie is a reference to Chessman Park in Denver where the uh, house was. Okay. The house that the movie's based on. The original address was 1739 East 13th Avenue, Chessman Park, Denver, Colorado. It's since been torn down. Okay. All at the end of this movie where like the house is burned. So the, so the writer says you know, while he was there, he learned of yeah. this happening yeah. in uh, the house. This will not be the last time this month where someone involved in the movie will be like, so this is based on a true story. Right. <laughs> um, the house in this movie, it doesn't like you said, it doesn't actually exist. So they couldn't find it because they shot it in Vancouver. They couldn't find a house that fit what they wanted for the exterior. Okay. So they spent $200,000 and rigged a gothic facade over a newer home in a van- on a Vancouver street. So it they was just really built beautiful. The front of the house onto a house to make it look like that. And then everything inside was um, sets. And the sets were built like a big chessboard so they could pull walls out and yeah. move things so the camera could glide. Looking and back, to. you can kind of see it, but yeah. not knowing ahead of time, it was so it's cool. It's really good. Like I, I would say the set design in this movie is A+. Plus. Like They did such a good job building those sets mm-hmm. that you don't even think about it. Like, nope. And, ev- and everything takes place in that yeah. house. It's a set, and George C. E. Scott is like hitting shit. And it's not like, you know, waffling or waving. It's It, it looks like he's in a fucking house. Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. So the director was initially afraid of the historically cantankerous George C. Scott. He has a reputation oh, for being um, rough to deal with <laughs> For being, how can I say this, yeah. rough. Um, but he said the only issue they, they had during the shooting at all with his temper was one of the crew members knocked over a chessboard. There's a lot of chess in this this trivia. George Scott had been playing a chess game against himself (laughs) and got super pissed off when the board got knocked over. Okay. But other than that, they said he had there were no real issues. He you know didn't drink. He wasn't super angry. That's good. You know. He well yeah he's older at this point. Uh, Yeah, this is the first film to win a Genie Award for Best Picture. What's a genie? After the after the film awards were called the genies. So in Canada, their Oscars are called genies. I didn't know that. And they switched in 1980 or 81 when this would have been nominated. I think probably 81. And uh, to the genies, and it was the first picture to win best picture under the new title. I there didn't you know. know that. Cool. Yeah, that's a fun little fact for it. It was filmed from December 4th, 1978. Through February 25th of 1979, even though it didn't come out until 1980, George C. Scott learned enough piano to get by That's, for yeah, his close-up to some of the shots reason. Uh, this has the first on-screen appearance of the actor Joshua Jackson, who really yeah plays an infant in this movie. He's like one of the little kids towards the beginning of the movie. Huh, random. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. That's some pretty fun trivia. Uh, I think we both like this movie. I think you might have liked this movie a little bit more than I do. Eh, probably. I like That's it, fair. but I think you really like got into the minutia of it. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Your mom definitely is the gold medal winner for yeah. liking this movie the most. As, she liked it more than both of us. As far as would I watch it again, um, 
if I was if I were hosting or watching movies with someone like my mom's age, and I was like, oh, let's pick a movie. Like this would be a movie I would pick. Does that make sense? But I wouldn't watch it with my kids. Eh, does that make sense? It's definitely an older crowd movie. Yeah, I think it's a good movie, and it's definitely a well-made movie. And it's not the typical horror film that was coming out of the 1980s. Agreed. But I don't know. I I tend to go other places. Like if I'm going for ghost movies, like I like this movie a lot, but it's not a movie that I find super rewatchable. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Like it's been. A, it's That's been what I mean. Like I I I mean, how often in your life are you like, oh, let me sit down with like an old like yeah. So well, I mean, I I sit down I sit down and rewatch Val Luton movies all the time. True. There's a lot of movies I rewatch. I just to me this movie. It's well made and I like it, but it's not a movie that is super fun and I want to sit through over and over and over Agreed. again. Agreed. So. Agreed. All right. So would so, I watch it again? Yeah. But could I watch it again right now? No. no. I'm no. good. Need, That's a good way to put I it. I need some distance. So. I'll watch it again. Uh, next week, we're continuing with our August theme of ghost stories with a twist. Uh, I, I prefer to call it ghost stories with the same exact goddamn plot, but told slightly differently. Well, that's not really bankable, now, is it? <laughs> it's the same, yeah. So we're we're trucking along. We're gonna leave the '80s behind for the '90s. Ooh, and what? We're gonna fast forward to 1999 and stir of echoes. This is a uh, this is Nancy Sapp. My mom approved. My mom loves this movie, and I do too. It's really good. Cool. Okay. Well. Until then, I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay. Yay. Mind the doors, motherfuckers.